0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. As we approach God's word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to God's word this day. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Kai Magala. At this time, I'd like to invite you to join me in a prayer for illumination. Oh God, by your Holy Spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we need to do to follow in the path of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We turn to God's Word this morning, reading first from Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Let us listen to God's Word. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And reading from the book of Philippians, chapter four, verses eight and nine. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise think about these things keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the god of peace will be with you this is the word of the lord thanks be to god
1: let us pause and pray gracious god may your spirit fall afresh upon us now that through these human words your your holy word might be heard. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the many changes brought by the Protestant Reformation was a reformed understanding of vocation, of one's purpose or calling in life of one's work. Prior to Martin Luther and John Calvin and their contemporaries, the common thinking was the perfect life was one that was devoted to God serving outside of the world, withdrawn from the world, untainted by physical labor, to be a priest or to be in a monastery or convent. Those who worked in the world were thought to be engaged in a less worthy way of life and were considered second-class Christians. Reformers like Luther and Calvin reframed our understanding of work. The work of lay people was not inferior to the priests. It was simply different. And we are not called out of the world. We are called to live out our faith in the world, in our everyday lives. To do something for God and to do it well became the fundamental hallmark of authentic Christian faith. All human work, even household chores, said Luther, is capable of glorifying God. However we live out our faith in whatever occupation or vocation we labor, paid or unpaid, recognized by many or acknowledged by few, all of it, when motivated by and offered in service to God, all of it can give glory to God. Sometimes it can be difficult to see how our work at a job is a calling from God. Sometimes we need some prompting or practice in order to see how our labor can be useful to God. Rather than hear from me or any of the clergy, I thought it would be helpful on this Labor Day weekend to hear from others. I asked them to reflect on any of these questions. How has their faith impacted their work? How has their work impacted their faith? Or how have they seen God at work through their work? Thank you to Erica Simmons and Josh Louie and Megan Chirino for taking the time to reflect on these questions for us.
2: Good morning. My name is Erica Simmons, and I am a lifelong member here at FPC Allentown. I was baptized here. I met my husband, Mark, in confirmation class. And we were married in this sanctuary 20 years ago. Both of our children, Lexi and Connor, were baptized here as well. And our oldest, Lexi, was just confirmed this past spring. Mark and I both felt an overwhelming feeling of full circle. This church built and continues to build the foundation of my faith. When Carter asked me to speak about the role of faith in my work, I knew this wouldn't be difficult. I am a school counselor at Sheridan Elementary School in the Allentown School District. I have been at Sheridan for 11 years and in the district for 20. I have always felt a strong calling to help children, particularly the children in Allentown. I myself was a child of the Allentown School District. Sheridan is a school with nearly 100% of our families living in poverty. We have the highest number of homeless children among the elementary schools and the largest number of ESL students, students learning um, English language. Our families look to our school for so much more than just an education. We provide many resources, including clothing, shoes, school supplies, and also information on other helping resources. Our church supports Sheridan directly. We are collecting school supplies as we speak. One of the most significant programs that supports our families is the Friday Food Program. And this Friday Food Program is supported 100% by our church financially, volunteers, packing the bags, delivering the bags, everything. It's amazing. Every student in our school gets a free breakfast and free lunch Monday through Friday. So our families really depend on those meals. But then on the weekends, it can be a little challenging. So, when, the, when those weekends and, and holidays come around, it can be tra- tricky. So we send home a bag of food on a Friday with 50 of our most needy families. This, and as I said, this program is completely run by volunteers and supported financially from the church. And it's headed up by Mary Jo Taylor, who I don't think is here this morning, but she is an absolute angel. I'm truly grateful to her and to the whole mission committee for the support. I'm also hoping to start a new program, a mentoring program where volunteers from this church will mentor an at-risk student during the breakfast hour once a week. So if you're interested in that, let me know. (laughs) So I see God in all of these volunteers, their dedication and love for these children. I see God in the food, in the pencils, in the sanitizing wipes, in the backpacks and the pajama donations as I sort them, and I know the love that went into purchasing them. And as the one who gets to distribute it, I can promise you how much it means to our entire school community. The students and families love our school. Our teachers, the teachers that I work with are incredible, and they too feel like their work is a true calling. I see the face of God in these children every day. They teach me love and acceptance and resilience. They are some of the strongest and most resilient people I have ever met, overcoming such trauma and unimaginable difficulties. You would not believe some of the stories and some of the situations our our children and families go through, but they show up to school smiling. I have so many stories of how God speaks through these children, but here's one that came from this week. You might be noticing that I'm looking and sounding a little different. I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy from Lyme disease this past week, which has caused the right side of my face to be paralyzed. We are hoping this is gonna be temporary and not long, (laughs) but it has been really hard on me. My smile is a huge part of who I am and what I do as a school counselor. I was feeling particularly down about my appearance when one of my beautiful students came up to me and asked why my face looked different. I explained to him that Mrs. Simmons has a temporary problem with the nerves and muscles in my face and that it's causing it to look different, but that it would be better in some time. He looked me right in the eye and said, Mrs. Simmons, you are beautiful and I know how much you love me even when you can't smile because you shine love wherever you go. And that was God speaking directly into my ear. I know it. I want to end my time with you today by showing you some of the faces of these amazing children that I get to work with every day and that you all support so lovingly. So... Oh, that's a small one. We have a special event in the in the fall where we do trunk or treat, which we always need volunteers. The kids love it. Oh, we had a huge Christmas event this year that the church supported. All of those gifts behind you were wrapped by volunteers at the church, and we gave every every 600, all 600 students a gift. Go ahead, next one. What? <laughs> Oh, these are some of the hats students, these were knitted by our knitting ministry, and so every year our first grade students and our children from autistic, oh geez, okay Mark is telling me to use, sorry, um, these are the, um, <laughs> some of the, uh, the hats that the kids are wearing, um, this is from our, our knitting ministry, um, that all of our first grade students get a hat, actually that goes to the, all of the Anton School District, not just Sheridan. There's um, school counseling week. These were the kids that made me, some of the kids, that made me some posters and we love you, Mrs. Simmons. It was very sweet. That's the little boy who made that beautiful comment to me. And his story is just unbelievable. I love him. It's just from our fifth grade moving up ceremony this year, This is from our fifth grade dance we did. Um, You can see Lexi's in the picture there. She helped do some face painting. So we we have all kinds of opportunities for volunteers and involvement. There they are. It was such a big day. (laughs) This was from one of our summer programs. Um, We had an ice cream party. And these were from the first day of school just this past week um we made like a, you know a little back to school and that's my whole team up there in the left just some, they're just so beautiful thank you so much
3: hello my name is joshua louie i've been a member here at first pres for over 15 years um I'm currently serving on session as an elder uh, in charge of the finance committee. So when Pastor Carter asked me if I would help with the sermon about how I see God in my work, my first thought was, you know where I work, right? (laughs) If you do not know, I work in a manufacturing assembly plant, specifically Mack Trucks assembly plant. How does that relate to seeing God? Good question. So for those that don't know, I met Carter when he became a lead pastor of my church in Pottstown quite a few years ago. He and Carrie became my pastors in high school and when I returned home occasionally in college. It is neat having him back in my church again. Carter, are you following me? (laughs) Back then, I was a know-it-all high schooler looking at colleges. All the adults in my life told me that I should be an engineer. I loved math and physics. I loved solving problems. So I listened and headed off to college to study engineering. Uh, Sometime in my freshman year, I sat down with my advisor about what kind of engineering I wanted to do. At that point, all I knew was that I was gonna drive locomotives, just like Steven always wanted to do, right? Him and his trains. <clears throat> so, my advisor explained what, what engineers do, how they design roads, roads or bridges, as in a civil engineer, but that didn't really sound interesting to me. What about designing buildings, like architectural engineering? Nah, that, that doesn't sound good. And then he said, how about uh, designing machines or parts of them, like a mechanical engineer? Nah. Uh, I had already taken CAD classes and sitting in front of a computer screen all day didn't really sound very interesting to me. Next he asked if I was interested in processes and how things were made and were assembled. That really caught my attention. That sounded much more interesting. Anyone like that show called How It's Made? It's one of my favorites, I love that show. So I I always like to see how things go together. As Tina will tell you, I also like to be very efficient. I have a certain way of doing things that makes sense to me. I always enjoyed processes. I can get things done quicker and move on to the next task. So my advisor said that is what manufacturing engineering is all about. You can learn a process of how something is made and make it better. You can apply the technology or tooling or just sometimes common sense to make things go smoother or better. The key thing that he said was you work with people to make, to make their jobs easier and that's what hit me. Working with people, not sitting at a desk all day. Helping other people enjoy their jobs more making them happier, therefore more efficient, getting more done for the company and justifying my job. Assembly line technicians do not have the most glamorous job, same thing day after day, over and over again. But when you can make things easier for someone, that's the rewarding part. Introducing a new, lighter, quieter tool, standardizing part locations to save the person's steps day after day, That's the rewarding part. Designing workbenches that are the right height so they don't have to bend or lift, things like that. That's what I enjoy. Is that how I see God? I guess that's how I was guided from way back in high school to help other people. Yeah, I guess I could have designed roads or bridges to help people get to places. I could have designed buildings for homes. I could have designed machines like trucks or screwdrivers or even microphones, all of which would help people do a certain task. But I help people perform their work more efficient, efficiently. In the scripture meeting today, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. I'm not sure that I'm the light of the world, but I try to make it a little brighter, a little better for everyone each day. Some, some I like the line at the end of the verse that says let your light shine before others that they may see your good de- good deeds and glorify your father in heaven amen
4: good morning everyone I'm Megan Chirino I am a member of First Press I serve as a youth leader and I'm a Stephen minister. And like all of you, I'm a whole person trying to live as a Christian within and beyond these walls. I think the beyond part is pretty important, especially when it comes to what folks would call my nine to five. For the past 11 years, I've had the privilege of doing marketing communications and fundraising for Wildlands Conservancy. Wildlands is the premier nonprofit land trust of the Lehigh Valley and Lehigh River Watershed We like to say that we've been creating lasting connections to nature since 1973 through land protection, environmental stewardship, and education. This year celebrates our 50th anniversary. And to date, we've permanently protected more than 60,000 acres of irreplaceable lands. We benefit more than 21,000 school-aged children annually through environmental education. We're perpetually focused on improving water quality and wildlife habitat within and beyond our 14 nature preserves totaling more than 3,000 acres. If it sounds like I've said those fancy words an awful lot, it's because I have. The long and short of it is this. If there's a natural place nearby that you love, chances are you can say, thank you, Wildlands, because we likely had something to do with it. Official business aside, The connection between my faith and my work is pretty obvious. Some of you might even say, I got a really easy assignment today. Friends, I get to help steward God's creation. I could end my remarks right there, here, and call it a day, but I won't because I promised Pastor Carter I would speak for at least five minutes, okay? (laughs) So, And when I go layers deeper, I can share that outside is my favorite side. I grew up in the woods. It's truly where I find my breath. I'm a devout sunset collector. And this morning, in front of all of you, I'll out myself as a woman who talks to flowers. And I'll tell you that you should try it. I've been entrusted with the gifts of writing and relationship building. And it's not lost on me that the good Lord has married my passion with purpose. And when I look out across Wildlands Mission, I see God at work in so many other ways. In a world riddled by division, nature is a powerful convener. Wildlands, Efforts, canvas the 10-county Lehigh River watershed. So from the headwaters of the Poconos to where the Lehigh meets its confluence with the Delaware in Easton, we have this geography that's home to a diversity of individuals and families, people who vote differently, people who worship differently, speak differently, learn differently. But at the end of the day, all of us share one great big backyard We share the land, the water, and the air. These resources are basic rights, and all are welcome outdoors. When Wildlands hears differences of opinion, we often say, tell me more. Figuratively speaking, our table, where we bring the community together, is a pretty inviting place. This is because the woods do not belong to Wildlands. own the river, we don't own the streams, we don't own the trees. Nature is a place of belonging for everyone, and I hope this really sounds familiar on a communion Sunday. My work also deals with some pretty precious commodities. Yes, I'm talking about those mountains, streams, and trees, but I'm also talking about stories. Stories, pun intended, I love puns. are the very nature of my work. And whether it's a childhood fishtail, or an eagle sighting, or a well-earned vista after a long hike, or an evening under the stars, nature is the backdrop for some of our most meaningful memories, some of our most meaningful stories. I bet all of you have at least five nature-made memories. Consider yourselves rich. Stories are 100% Jesus' language. So, as a Christian, it's a big deal for me to be trusted with people's stories, especially when I'm sharing them to inspire the protection of God's creation. And they remind me that wildland success is not measured in acres alone. On the hard days when everything feels uphill, I remember the stories, they lighten the load. Lastly, I want to talk to you about how nature is a bomb. God's creation is designed to heal and restore everyone, not just hikers, bikers, and birders, but everyday, ordinary Janes and Joes. And I say this because I think we carry around some really false ideas about who we might see when we find ourselves on a trail or a mountain. I spend time at our nature preserves to meet users, understand their experiences and collect stories. And I have to tell you, for some folks, our nature preserves are their one mile a day destination. That's an out and back for the good old ticker without fancy hiking boots or trekking poles or hydration packs or moisture wicking anything. Nature is not just for people who can buy into it It needs to be accessible to everyone, because God designed it for everyone. Nature is bread for our bodies. It feeds us in so many ways, literally and figuratively. And during the peak of the pandemic, Wildlands Nature Preserves experienced some of the highest volume on record. Outside was open. Outside was not canceled. It was there for our community when all of us needed it most. Nature is a constant, just like our Lord. And when we care for nature, stewarding it as we're called to do, it gives us community, stories, healing, and love in return. And this living abundance that I see at work through my work comes from God. Thank you.
1: Greetings. Just several announcements to draw your attention to. First though, let me begin with thanks. Didn't I do a great job recruiting these three? But thanks to Erica, Josh, and Megan um, in sharing so eloquently and so beautifully about your work and faith in very different occupations and therefore giving us a chance, all of us, to think about that. And work, remember, is not just what we're paid for.
0: Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.